Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer coming to you after the ODI series between Sri Lanka and India which was won by the visitors. With us today after a long gap on Stump Mike is Andrew Fidel Fernando. Fidel, welcome back. How have you been? What up? How's it going guys? Yeah, it it it's been going all right. It's been a long time since you've been on Stump Mike. I think the last would have been Stump My Q, the quiz. Yeah, it's I, I'm getting selected as inconsistently as uh, as a lot of Sri Lankan players. So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of that going around. So along with Fidel today is uh, the familiar voice of Shashank Kishore. Welcome, Shanky. Hey, Karthik. Before I start, I must actually tell you, uh, my wife happened to read your message that you sent me this morning on WhatsApp, asking me if I'm in for the podcast and. she was wondering why would we want to discuss about an india sri lanka one day series when the entire world is talking about the olympics that is a fair question we do cover cricket solely on this podcast and i think there's plenty of stuff on espn india which we are all closely linked with to to speak and to cover about i think mirabai's silver medal win which was was pretty outstanding on day 2 is it shanky of the olympics that she's won the medal yeah that uh, that's superb so if if the olympics is your thing head over to espn and espn india in particular immediately but here's the thing about about sri lanka versus india fidel a lot of spoke was spoken before the series started that whether this was india's india's b team india's c team i i hate those terms i think arjuna ranatunga said as well that sri lanka shouldn't be playing such a series i may not have been the most excited for a india versus sri lanka odi series but but i'll tell you what coming here and speaking to you three odis in i i enjoyed i enjoyed the tournament and what what it has been so far yeah i think this the second game in particular was was really interesting um i i was kind of after that first match i was kind of dreading the way the rest the, the series was going to go because uh, india just seemed so far ahead of you know even this team with a lot of kind of replacement players let's say if we don't want to say b team or c team a lot of players who aren't in the main team when everyone will be available um even this team seemed to be kind of leagues ahead of uh sri lankan odi team odi has probably been sri lanka's worst uh worst format for the last you know four or five years and they are going through an especially tumultuous period right now with change of captaincy and i was you know very wary about uh how badly this could turn out for sri lanka i think they didn't play you know it it went a little bit better than i expected um that that second loss was still you know quite um quite difficult to take i think just because sri lanka seemed to have the game in hand uh, and but but yeah it was it was fun to watch um and it was good that you know sri lanka managed to pull at least one back you know albeit with you know five debutants in the sri in the india team um I think I think it'll do them a little bit of confidence it'll and also it kind of lifts them up off the bottom of that ODI Super League uh table um but yeah if in if Sri Lanka if India had won with five debutants yesterday uh that would have been you know even even tougher kind of outlook for Sri Lanka so at least there's kind of some positives to talk about so that one thriller was sandwiched between two dominant wins first for india and the third for uh, sri lanka but fidel if you take a step back and you look at it right there were two two wins where both sides were on top for each of them and in that middle game let's talk about the second odi sri lanka will go back thinking they should have won it and they were probably sitting here in a parallel universe where sri lanka have won the odi series 2-1 and 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 those problems that you mentioned after the first odi don't exist Yeah um I I wouldn't say don't exist I mean I think 
there is still I, we have to be really realistic about this Sri Lanka team. Uh, they they've got such a long way to go, and if you look at their ODI record, I mean, this year, if, you know, even before this series, they'd lost. Uh, they'd been whitewashed three 0 by West Indies in West Indies. They'd lost two one to Bangladesh in Bangladesh, uh, and they they were probably on their way to losing three 0 in England. But uh, rain saved them on that last uh, last game, and they only lost two 0 So it's uh it's it's a very very um yeah it's a, it's a team that doesn't really know what it's doing at the moment and it and it's trying very hard to find combinations uh the selectors are kind of rifling through not just captains but all sorts of players uh and they haven't found something that kind of consistently works so i think even if they had kind of ended up winning 2-1 and i don't i'm not sure that india would have switched their players up for the third odi if they'd lost the second one right um, right but even if they'd won two one, I don't, you know, it, it helps. It helps get those when you get those wins, and it may provide like the the start of some direction to the team. But there's still a lot they have to get right. Um, and the way things are going, actually, it looks like Sri Lanka will almost certainly have to qualify for the next uh, next World Cup because they've lost so many one days uh, already this year. So in that second ODI, Sri Lanka made 275 for nine in Colombo. India, when they were batting Shanky at one stage, they lost Hardik, Hardik Pandya at 116 for five. Then Surya Kumar fell at 160 for six. And Krunal Pandya fell at 193 for seven. You know, India recently, Shashank have made this habit of uh, building stars and you get new stars in every chase or every save of a test match that, that they have been doing recently. Did, did you see that coming from Deepak Chaha? Most certainly not. I think uh, Deepak Chaha surprised himself more than anyone else with that kind of knock. Because uh, in domestic cricket, he's got this reputation of being a big hitter. So, for him to kind of play the, the grafter's role to kind of see out... Uh, the spin threat of uh, Sri Lanka, especially uh, towards the end, and have that confidence of taking it right till the end, I thought was uh, very refreshing. And uh, we've seen Bhuvneshwar Kumar do that in the past. I think in Sri Lanka itself, in a one-day international with uh, MS Dhoni in 2017, I think it was a game in Palakele. And uh, we've seen him do that in Test cricket as well, you know, uh, playing time, uh, giving respect to the opposition, uh, holding one end up. But for him to have done that um, was not a big surprise. But certainly, uh, Deepak Chahar exceeded expectations and uh, probably, uh, uh, you know, it gives India a lot of encouraging signs, especially in the absence of a seam bowling all-rounder uh, in Test cricket, um, also in one-day cricket in T20s. So, I think uh, with Hardik uh, just being out of form, they needed that one guy to stand up in the lower order and Deepak Chahar did that beautifully in the second game. Yeah, there was there is this train of thought that, uh, and I think it was Saurabh who wrote the piece where he said that Deepak Chahar would have taken a step, maybe just maybe towards solving India's long-term issue of white ball batting, batting depth. Fidel alluded to it earlier. Now this this is India's effectively replacement team. Does Deepak Chahar now come close to the main side at least? I think Deepak Chair has always been uh, seen as a like-for-like replacement for Bhuvneshwar Kumar because both of them uh, swing the ball up front. They play a similar role in uh, T20 cricket. Uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar does that for India. Deepak Chahar bowls the power play in the tough overs up front for Chennai Super Kings and he's done that quite successfully as well. So, uh, for a while now, he's been seen as a backup. Uh, but here, of course, with a uh, lot of your frontline uh, fast bowlers missing, he's 
both of them have got the opportunity to impress and i think deepak chahar will always be in the reckoning uh, in india's limited over setup uh, purely because uh, uh, given the amount of cricket india play and also with the the pandemic and um, how things have panned out with bu- bubbles and other things uh, india will always want to kind of give their faster bowlers like bumra siraj shami etc rest whenever possible in the uh, format so that will always keep um, uh, him in the reckoning there was this uh, i i i would say rather tragic but definitely an iconic image fidel two images actually of dasun shanaka at the end of that second odi he was he was on his knees his hands his head was in his hands and then then the other image was again him on his knees and he's just looking either towards the stands or to, towards the dressing room and you couldn't help but feel bad bad for him and bad bad for sri lanka at that point <laughs> yeah um yeah it was it was such a weird game because you just as soon as they got suri kumar yadav out you thought that's got to be it right like you know because i i we knew that deepak chahar can can hit some big blows uh and kind of that he had some batting chops but you know i looked up his his list a record at the time and i saw he had one list a 50 uh, and he would have to have made a, a good 50 from then on for because there were so many runs behind uh for them to to reach the target and i thought no way that you know i'm sure and and also one in the hasaranga had a lot of overs left uh dishmanta chamira had a few overs left uh so i i think sri lanka's mistake was allowing him to settle i think a, a smarter a, a better heeled or more experienced captain would have bought back at that point would have bought back his gun bowlers and tried to finish it off and and bowl india out for less than 200 but shanaka's thinking was to kind of take the game deep and uh, but i mean it was kind of flawed thinking because uh, india was so far ahead of the run rate but, but but i have to ask you when you when you say gun bowlers there do you mean the main bowlers or the or the two that impressed i mean chamika karunaratne and shanaka himself they bowled a combined nine overs in that match and they were pretty good when they were bowling yeah i think uh they they are i mean they are the at the in the middle overs they're the, the guys who usually operate but uh you're talking about like you know your two big wicket taking threats it wouldn't be karunaratne and dasun shanaka they did get wickets in that game yes but you know what would you rather face would you rather face a guy who's googly you can't read uh or you know two bowlers bowling at you know 125 to 135 Uh, who aren't really doing it that much but are accurate you know and or do you want to th- or if you want to you know you don't definitely don't want to pay, face chamira who's sending a 140 you know 3k bouncer at your head so i think you know definitely i would have i would have gone i think a lot of people were thinking that that shanaka should have gone for those options but then you know he's he's just started out in the job i think i thought you were going to mention um the the kind of very heated or not not that heated but animated discussion shanaka had with mickey arthur afterwards as well <laughs> um, which kind of did the rounds on on twitter and and facebook uh, arthur was a, was a sight after that when when the match was ending actually in that entire final over he was oh man it was scary yeah um yes obviously wears his heart on his sleeve uh, on you know on on the balcony there and yeah i mean it's it's in a way it's nice it's uh, after you know you've had so many losses it's nice to see them care enough about this that they are willing to kind of argue with each other uh, even if it happens to be out on the field um because you know the worst thing the worst thing when a team is losing is apathy right apathy from the fans and apathy from the team itself and uh, it was kind of it at least helped kind of uh, inflame some some 
passionate opinions, I think, uh, which was nice to see after a while because it, it was the way, you know, if, if India had just come in and, and whitewashed Sri Lanka without, without Sri Lanka ever getting close, I think even more people would have kind of turned off. Um, but the fact that there were kind of these little bits of tension throughout the series and these kind of dramatic moments helped kind of bring it alive a little bit. There was another interesting image uh, or uh, visual rather from yesterday's game or uh, from the third ODI rather. Uh, and uh, this was Rahul Dravid and uh, Dasun Shanaka having a long chat, uh, I think during the rain break on the field. Uh, obviously, we don't know the details of the conversation, but it seemed pretty interesting. And Dravid was doing all the talking and Shanaka was doing all the listening. And I was on ball by ball at that moment. And it sent a lot of our readers into this... Uh, uh, India Sri Lanka friendship and what it means and what it meant to the the two teams and they a few of them went back to 1996 when uh, you know Azaruddin and Wasim Akram led a combined 11 uh, to Sri Lanka after Australia and I think West Indies pulled out of the the World Cup matches there and some of them equated the India Sri Lanka 3 a.m. friends and how they used to you know call each other and play a series at the blink of an eyelid uh, pat of an eyelid so yeah I mean. Um, it just sent uh, all our readers into nostalgia and uh, the old days of India Sri Lanka cricket and how often we grew up to you know watch India Sri Lanka every second day. So so that was an, an interesting visual I thought of uh, Dashun uh, Shanaka and Rahul Dravid having a, a long conversation. I, I'll tell you what. Any time Rahul Dravid comes on screen, right? It's almost like the cricketing world becomes mushy. The the entire cricketing world, nostalgia, there's romanticism involved. Sometimes it gets a bit much, but 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 like you said, it's 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 lovely to see. Shanky, let's draw a parallel between the first two ODIs and for two individuals in particular, Prithvi Shaw and Ishan Kishan. I think it was Shikhar Dhawan, uh, the Team India captain, who spoke after the second ODI when he said that now these guys will know that maybe their approaches will not work all the time. Did 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 you see? Anything in that contrast between how they played in, in the first ODI where they effectively took India to a dominant win and the second ODI where the same tactic did not come off? I'm not entirely uh, certain if uh, both Prithvi Shaw and Ishan Kishan were playing with a with one eye on the T20 World Cup or uh, potentially impressing in the, the shorter formats because, because obviously uh, Prithvi Shaw has uh, shown the temperament to play long innings. So it's not like he can't play that role. Uh, so it, it it was a little surprising to see him looking to dash off when he had all the time in the world. And I also tweeted during the first One Day International that Ishan Kishan had a hundred for the taking if he really wanted it. Uh, but uh, it, it it just felt like he was in a hurry and he wanted to step out and hit every ball for a six. And probably he threw his wicket away in that first game. Uh, so so yeah, I mean both of them have got the ability. It's just a question of uh, putting the uh, putting mind over matter and trying to you know, play a long inning, something that they they need to do. I mean, you can't really go out and just look to smash every ball. Uh, it's it's all great to say that you've hit your first ball in one-day cricket for a six and you've hit your first ball in T20 cricket for a boundary. But uh, there's another, another matter of uh, looking to finish off games and looking to win games and staying uh, right till the end to close out matches. So, I think they learn along the way, but the signs are promising. I think the India batter, Fidel, that impressed the most to, to the viewing public was Surya Kumar Yadav. Uh, it's, it's, sometimes, it's sometimes hard to believe that uh, he is just, I think, what is it, five international innings old? He seems like he's been doing it for ages, but, but he has on the domestic circuit. Yeah, those wrists, man. They're, I remember <laughs> one boundary he hit um, where he just kind of, it was it was a ball that he was fetching from outside, 
uh, outside of Stump, and he and he managed to not just get amazing power into it, but also place it very wide of the the deep field and you know near mid wicket. Um, and the just the fact that he doesn't you know there doesn't seem to be a big big backlift. He just generates so much power and and also precision from those from those wrists. And uh, it's almost like you know some shots are like you know Lakshman on steroids. Um, <laughs> the, the way that you know he manages to to hit so many boundaries that way. Um, I think yeah he produ- I think he was a little bit more mature than the likes of uh, of Ishan Kishan. Uh, and I guess he bats in in a in a part of the innings where he can't necessarily kind of go all all, all guns blazing like um, like Kishan and Prithvi Shaw did. But um, yeah, I I thought he was. I you know would love to see much more of him just for the artistry of no nothing else. In fact, yesterday I, I you know I was um, sitting in the press box and having like Sanju Samson, Prithvi Shaw, and Surya Kumar Yadav in the same you know top five. You know that's a very very watchable. I can't think of you know uh, another top order that that has you know that many players who are easy on the eye. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're fun to watch. I think I think. With uh, the first ODI, I'm just going back to a point that that Shashank made. Um, it seemed like I don't know. It seemed like everyone had a license that day just to go out and and express themselves, uh, and they probably had that in the second ODI as well, and and it didn't work. So I wonder if it was more of a um, if it was something that was kind of team oriented rather than a, than a personal thing. Uh, but it did seem like everyone out there was just out to smash it on that first day. Yeah, yeah, and and going back to what you said earlier as well, that that would have seemed ominous at that that point for Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka did well to come back. They, of course, in yesterday's match, which was the third ODI, India made quite a few changes. I think what was it, five debutants, Fidel. But credit to Sri Lanka, they they had a target to chase. It was a rain-affected game, and they chased the target pretty comfortably with. Avishka Fernando starring, and I, I think his stock has has risen after after this series. If 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 anybody's has probably Avishka's has from the Sri Lankan point of view. Yeah, I mean it was it was quite a mature innings. I think uh, he's always going to be the kind of batter who gets a lot of runs in the top, uh, in the uh, in the power play. Uh, he I think that's part of his game. I think that's part of his game that he shouldn't change, where he attacks and and targets the boundary and uh, especially that leg side boundary uh, in that first ten overs, but. Yesterday, what we saw was when Banuka Rajapaksa, you know, who played a much streakier innings, was hitting boundaries through that through those early middle overs. Avishka Fernando just paired his game right back and just started hitting singles, start started getting twos, and showed a lot of maturity. Actually, you know, uh, Banuka Rajapaksa is is much older than him, uh, and has played a bit more domestic cricket, but uh, Fernando just seemed a, a much more kind of mature and uh, and someone who had the win in mind rather than, you know, trying to impress uh, and kind of make his, his uh, position safe in the team, which, which can happen in a team environment like Sri Lanka where you're chopping and changing, people coming in and out. Players can become very selfish, but uh, Fernando definitely was, was playing, you know, for the, for the team's purpose yesterday. And that was, that was really good to see. He also hit a 50 in, in the second ODI. He's had issues with his fitness. I think, uh, you know, he missed... He missed a series against uh, against Bangladesh and missed a series against West Indies because he wasn't able to get his uh, get his kind of. I think they have to do a, a, a 2K run 
in eight and a half minutes and he wasn't able to. And so he failed fitness tests. But then he worked on it. He got he passed those fitness tests, has come back into the team and seems to have done a little bit of technical work as well. Um, he seems to have opened I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I'm still on that. I'm trying to think. Two kilometers, eight and a half minutes. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I was on a treadmill. Is that... Uh, it's, it's very fast, I think. I, I can... I mean, I run longer than 2Ks when I run, but I don't think I would ever get close to running a kilometer in four and a half minutes, in, four, in just over four minutes. Um, so it is, it is quite a tough one, I think, at least. I mean, uh, these guys are athletes, so I can't really compare them to me. But, uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't seem... It doesn't sound super easy. Um, and even, you know, relatively fit guys like Danushka Gunatilaka kind of occasionally fail it and they have to retake the test. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to see them kind of go back and some players like him go back to the work and raise their standards. Uh, hopefully he, he keeps getting selected. I think with Danushka Gunatilaka out probably for a year, I would guess based on what I'm hearing about the suspensions that are coming, um, he it gives Avishka the chance to you know there's he, hopefully he gets a chance to bat there consistently and just to work on on his game he's uh, he's batted at three at on occasions but I think opening is what suits him uh, just because of his ability to target to to hit over the top in the first ten overs um, yeah he's he's someone that I think Sri Lanka desperately need to improve and and to really hold that top order together if they're to to become a decent ODI team again. So Sri Lanka, their last 10 ODIs against India at home, they had lost. So they finally got a win, their first in 11. Fidel, is, is, that, is that something that, that affects the players, that matters to the players? Or is it just something for us stat heads to put out there on, on our pieces and our social media platforms? Because most of these players wouldn't have been there for any of those games. Yeah, I'm not sure that it, it bothers the players that much. I think it's more, it bothers the fans a lot more, I think. especially. You know, losing. There was a time when India were kind of the, the the team that Sri Lanka loved to beat, and I think kind of at the start of the last decade, I would say, um, and that was around the time that Sri, India just started beating Sri Lanka every time they played. Um, and I think it does matter to the to the to the fans, but the the players they will just know that India is kind of this big cricketing juggernaut now, and to beat them um, is tough. And to even to beat a, a, a team full of players who aren't their main players uh, is a difficult thing. And I don't think it would that kind of record really bothers them that much. What probably bothered them more was that all year they haven't had um, a good run in ODIs. They've only won one match. That probably was, was playing on their minds a lot more than the India record. Shashank, I'll throw a couple more stats at you. This is now India's ninth successive ODI series win in, in Sri Lanka. India also have 93 ODI wins against Sri Lanka. That's most by a team against a single opponent in this format. I just want to make clear that in terms of win percentage, that that is still not the highest. I think Australia have a higher winning percentage over over New Zealand, but 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 it's pretty close to that. So what what will India take back? I think there are plenty of positives because almost the entire team. There were five debutants in the third ODI. In the first, there were there were a few as well. There were players coming back. There was Dhawan getting to captain the side. So, so what is that one single takeaway, or maybe two, that India will take from this this ODI series? Well, well firstly, uh, those stats uh, are kind of uh, unbelievable to think of today, because there was a time in the '90s where India would turn up in Sri Lanka and get thrashed every second game 
I still have nightmares of uh, <laughs> Jayasurya, you know, flicking and uh, cutting uh, Venkatesh Prasad. Uh, and they used to play one-day cricket in uh, white, uh, white clothing then. And every second game, I remember Jayasurya or Aravinda used to just come and just take the game apart, rip the bowling apart. And then, you know, as, as a school kid, it was really, really demoralizing. Uh, to you know watch and at one point in time i even gave up watching india sri lanka matches purely for <laughs> so from from that to now it's it's kind of hard to believe how sri lanka have slipped especially after mahela and uh, sangakara and you know those uh, matthews at his prime so so that's it, it's a little sad but from an indian point of view i think they got um, a lot of things out of this series especially um uh, shikhar dhawan was captain here but he's auditioning for a third opener probably for the t20s uh, for the at the T20 World Cup, so so it'll be interesting to see if the selectors will go with him or, or look at someone like a Prithvi Shaw because Shaw hasn't done too badly. So in that sense, um, the selectors have had a look at both of them for that opening role. Then there's this question of uh, what do you do with someone like a Sanju Samson? Looks a million dollars every time he plays, whether it's in the IPL or whether it's for India, but somehow just can't be uh, can't uh, find that uh, half century in a and just uh, can't kick on and make the big one. So, so he's he looks good every time he walks out of bat, but consistency is, is a bit of an issue with him. Surya Kumar Yadav has been the biggest gainer. I think he has, uh, at 30, uh, kind of uh, shown the way for a lot of uh, late bloomers, not just in Indian cricket, but across the world. Uh, and I think he's a, a front uh, runner for that uh, middle order spot. So, with the likes of Surya Kumar Yadav, with the likes of Shreya Sayar, Sanju Samson, I think Manish Pandey, has kind of fallen behind in the race in that middle order spot. So, so a lot of trends have emerged uh, for India and their roadmap in limited overs cricket going forward. And I think Manish Pandey, with that suffocating kind of competition in the middle order, I think he'll have to uh, once again go back to domestic cricket or you know uh, do something spectacular in the IPL to to uh, come back into the mix. So having 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 said that though, Shanky, uh, the other the other name I want to throw out there because. I think Manish Pandey, Team India fans are fine with, with, with if, he, if he's there or not, with all due respect to him. But a lot of people put their faith, put their stock in Hardik Pandya. Has has he been underwhelming? Now, I, Virat Kohli also talks about, like, we need this uh, fast bowling all-rounder in the side. He, he probably speaks about more in the test format, but but it's applicable to to every format. So, so where is Hardik Pandya currently? I think, uh, I, mean, I mean, in the interviews that he's given, he's uh, spoken about how he's fully fit and he's uh, raring to go irrespective of the format and he's fit to bowl and stuff. I mean, I saw some signs of him uh, getting back to his, uh, uh, some good bowling rhythm in the uh, game yesterday. But I think in terms of batting, he'd be the first to admit that he's been a bit of a disappointment. He also didn't have a very good uh, first half of the IPL. So he'll be really uh, hungry. Uh, to perform. But as far as uh, places in the team goes or selection goes, I don't think there's really a threat uh, of him missing out on a World Cup berth because of uh, poor form or something like that. I think he's still very much uh, one of the first few names that will be on India's team sheet if fully fit and available uh, for the T20 World Cup. So I don't think it's panic stations just yet uh, for Hardik Pandya. He's still a quality player. Uh, he still made 19 or 20 runs yesterday and he looked very good, looked apart. Uh, so I think it's just a question of getting that one big knock under him and the tide will turn. All right. All right. Fidel, let's look forward to the T20 series. They're going to play three games each, Sri Lanka and India. You know, you, you would tell me before it started that the usually, usually the T20I format is such that it should 
give us closer games. But looking at this, the two teams put side by side, and in particular, I thought the ODIs, fair enough, they were close, but I, I do not see the T20s, unfortunately, going in the same way for Sri Lanka, on, on paper at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on a couple of things. I think it depends on... Is, is that is that my bias? Because I know these players from, from the IPL and I do not know, say, much about the guys in the Sri Lanka side? Yeah, I mean, the one thing is that there's a lot more power in the, the India batting order. And I think a lot more T20 now, a lot more T20 experience. They're kind of battled hard on T20 players by the time they even make it to the India team, which is absolutely not the, not the case for, for Sri Lanka players whose you know, domestic T20 tournaments have been atrocious uh, over the last <laughs> kind of seven or eight years. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to even believe that you know, the, the last you know, T20 World Cup winner but one was, uh, was Sri Lanka and that you know, Sri Lanka was the top T20 side in the world. Coming to the uh, beating India, India in the final then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the, the great games. And... Uh, it's you know, and it's hard to it's hard to believe that Sri Lanka have fallen away in in T Twenty so far, uh, and also we'll have to qualify for the the T Twenty World Cup later this year, of course, as well. Um, so it's it's uh, I I don't think that you're completely wrong in your assessment. I do think that there are a couple of bowlers, especially who could make things very difficult for India. I think if Wanindu Hasaranga, who's coming, who should be fit to play tomorrow, should uh, fit to play from Sunday onwards, is if he has a good series, his googly can be kind of quite devastating in T20s. We saw earlier this year when, when they were playing in the West Indies that, you know, he was the best bowler across both teams. Um, and, you know, this is, uh, this is a very, very strong West Indies T20 unit we're talking about. And uh, if Dushmanta Chamira, who also, from, from what I'm hearing, uh, they will play in all three matches because they've been bowling well. If those two bowlers have good games, then I think Sri Lanka kind of pull themselves a little bit closer. Um, what I'm a bit worried about is the death bowling. I'm not sure that there is anybody there who uh, can do the, or at least has has repeatedly done the job. You know, I think uh, the, I think they'll probably go to Chamika Karunaratna. Um, and also the, the the lack of kind of middle order hitting. Um, Maybe Abhishek, the likes of Abhishek Fernando and and Banu Karajapaksa might be able to get Sri Lanka off to a good start, but I'm not sure there's anyone to to finish off things lower down the order. We saw Shamika Karunaratna uh, do that in the in the ODIs, but he didn't have to do it for a long time. You know, he he it was just a couple of overs of hitting uh, that he was tasked with, and he did that very well. But um, but I think Sri Lanka are missing a few kind of big power players, you know, the likes of a, a Hardik Pandya. Um, so I think that's where a lot of lot of the difference is going to be. I, I do think that uh, India are just, you know, much more battle-hard in T20 players. So Do you have a prediction? Uh, you know, the head says it's probably going to be maybe 3-0 three, three to India, but I, I'll just, I'll, I'll back Sri Lanka a little bit and say 2-1 to India. All right, Shanky, final word with you, your predictions for the T20s. I think it'll be 2-1 India. Uh, no real doubt as to uh, who who's going to win the series. But uh, giving the one uh, uh, win to Sri Lanka. Because I think, I mean, I, I like the look of this team. I mean, they're, they're playing fearless cricket. And it, it kind of reminds me about the uh, Indian team from the 2007 T20 World Cup. The big players missing, the senior players out. Young captain, it's a 
uh, I mean, not in terms of age, but in terms of experience, uh, a set of uh, players who no one really expects anything from. Uh, so they just have to go out there and play fearlessly and play positively and and just look to gain something out of it and play without repercussions in mind because it can't get lower than this for them, really. So I think just go out, express themselves and uh, who knows? I mean, they get 190, 200 batting first and then you have the spinners coming in, Akila Dhananjaya or even uh, Sandakan or uh, Hasaranga if he's fit. If they come in and get a couple of wickets, you know, you never know. So... There is also a little bit of talk in the Indian camp that uh, probably Prithvi Shaw and Devdutt Padikul have been called up for England. Uh, there's, there's no confirmation yet, but just a bit of chatter around the team camp. So, I uh, wonder how that's going to affect team combinations. So, in that case, uh, they'll have to look at a, a new opener. Do they bring in Rituraj Gaikwad, who's done pretty well for Chennai Super Kings? Do they look to have Sanju Samson go up the order? So, there are a few questions that uh, more than India would have liked. But uh, it's all... It, it's all um, uh, turning out to be uh, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I'd give one win to Sri Lanka purely on the on the fearlessness that uh, they can potentially show uh, going into the T20 series. All right. Awesome. Firel and Shanky, thank you both so much for joining us on ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. We hope you enjoy Sri Lanka versus India T20 eyes. Talk to you next time. Always a pleasure. Thanks.